Welcome, everybody, to the Sports Source. We are going to have a great show for you this afternoon. We are going to be recapping the top fights of UFC of this past year, 2022. Going to be also recapping and previewing as well for the 2023 fight cards and predictions that we have, some other UFC MMA news, things that are going on in the sport. And I'm joined by no, no other than Kevin Ferrer. He is... He is the man. <laughs> What's up, man? How's it going? It's going very, very well. <laughs> thanks, thanks for asking me to be on here because uh, I need an excuse to go back and watch all these pay-per-views. I literally, <laughs> for the past, no joke, like week, less than a week, I've watched 13 UFC pay-per-views. Actually, sorry, 12 because they haven't put UFC 282 on uh, the fight pass yet for yeah. whatever reason. I don't know why. It's kind of a piss off, but. It is what well, it is. I don't. I don't really care about it anyway because I heard it was a shit card. So <laughs> whatever. Yeah, I heard it wasn't really the all-time best, but yeah, there's been some great, great fights this year. Some some big upsets. I got. I have to say, some I'm very surprised at. Some that I kind of saw coming, but yeah. it's been it's been wild. So definitely one I know we we probably spoke. We just spoke about him a couple moments ago. Was yeah, Alex Pereira and the. It is Israel Adesanya fight. That was an upset for sure. Yeah, I'm going to say the Portuguese way because I'm Portuguese. So Alex Pereira. Pereira. I like that. Pereira. That was wild. Uh, three fights this year that ended in like the last few moments of the fight that caused new champions. So you had yeah. Yuri Prohaska, UFC 275 against Glover, with 30 seconds left on the clock, weird naked choke, or whatever that was. It was kind of weird. He had his back, but he was off to the side. Yeah. And then Leon Edwards head kick heard across the entire world. <laughs> Just the slap off Usman's big head yeah. with his foot. Insane. And then Pareda against Israel Adesanya. It's crazy yeah. to see Usman and Izzy go down in the same year and lose their titles. So Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Especially, I have to say the one that probably out of those, uh, those three, but definitely the one that between Adesanya and Usman, the one that probably shocked me the most was probably Usman. He was a guy that I kind of probably referred to him as maybe to my, to myself or to others, like the Khabib of the, of the welterweight division. I just never yeah. really saw really anyone being able to take him down. Obviously his first fight against Edwards was, was pretty close, but ever since then he's just been mowing down all competition in front of him. So well, they've both just been getting so much better, but especially yeah. Usman. It's been crazy to see his transformation because I even went back and watched that first fight before watching everything again just to kind of compare the two. And it's night and day. It's crazy. It's crazy to see how both of them have evolved. But Usman's just been an absolute killer like the last few years, like him taking out Colby, him taking out Jorge by knockout. And then just him dominating everybody else. The way he won the title against Woodley, just absolutely dominating him when people were calling Woodley the greatest welterweight champion of all time. That still boggles my mind. I don't understand yeah, why people were calling him that. But either way, Usman <laughs> dominated him. So, yeah, just to see him go down is crazy. Yeah, especially kind of piggyback on Woodley, not to switch sports. But if you just get knocked out by Jake Paul two times, and I don't really know if I'd be uh, considering him a – Greatest welterweight of all time. Yeah, I think exactly. I think a few of Usman's fights, though, like definitely the Kobe one. Kobe, his first fight against Covington, I have to say, was an absolute brawl. And oh, I loved it. It was fantastic. yeah. That was I think Usman. I think Usman even broke his jaw. Broke yeah, Kobe's jaw during that so fight. 
beauty yeah. sight to see. That was an absolute, <laughs> yeah, that was that was tough. But and his his first fight against uh, Masvidal, Masvidal, I'm not going to put too much weight on on that too much weight on that on that uh, particular fight because yeah, I figured I think on like six days notice and yeah. you know he made through all all five rounds and then second fight obviously we know what happened with the knockout but wild especially with Edwards he's Edwards is a guy who's cha- he obviously challenged him in the first brawl in the second brawl that that kick came out of nowhere and and in, in a fight that he absolutely well the first round was actually Ed, all Edwards Edwards actually took down Usman it was the first time Usman had been taken down in his UFC career and then so he had top control on Usman he had mount he had mounted Kamara Usman in the first round to completely won that round and then lost not even close every single round after that. It was so weird to see. He was completely dejected. If you're going to go back and watch anything like in the past year, watch from the end of the fourth round and then Edwards corner all the way until when he knocks out Usman. It's like a crazy from start to finish just thing to watch. It's like watching a movie because you're hearing like the, what they're trying to tell Edwards in the corner. It's like a Rocky movie. And he, I mean, his yeah. nickname is Rocky, coincidentally enough. Yeah, but exactly. It, it was just insane to see from the corner and then to actually see what had happened afterwards. Just yeah. bang. Less than a minute to go, wins the, wins the welterweight title. I'm, I'm excited to see the rematch because there's no way anything happens in between. And there's not really even anybody that's remotely close, I think, to that's in welterweight that can get the next shot other than Usman. There's nobody else more deserving. Cause you had earlier this year, you had uh which I completely forgot about until watching back, but the whole Jorge versus Colby thing that main evented a UFC pay-per-view, I think in March. And uh, yeah. And then Colby just completely dominated Masvidal, which, and then you had the whole incident that happened after where Masvidal jumps Colby and all this other bullshit that happened. But the fight itself yeah. Colby dominated him. It wasn't even close. Usman is such an overrated fighter, flash in the pan to me. That it's crazy that he's even got up to this point. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, Uz, the thing with Usman is this not Usman, uh, Masvidal. Yeah. Ma- Masvidal is his entire career, in my opinion, is kind of summed up by one move. And that was obviously the kick on Aspen. Yeah, so, just the knee. That's it. That's all he's got. It was just a knee. It, if you put like a comparison of that to like another sport, if you remember Jay Davian Clowney when he was in college before he got drafted by the Texans, he had that one hit in the, I think it was in a bowl game or something where he knocked the helmet off the opposition and he was drafted first overall. People thinking Texans then Watt would be great, but I digress. Yeah. It just goes to show you that like a one highlight or a one play can't sum up the capability of an athlete, especially a fighter, because Fighter, you can only go by one move. You can't just, you can't live and die by one move. Right yeah, exactly. Five fights, you got to fight multiple times a year. You have to be conditioned, and this competition, especially someone like Usman, who's going to get you on the ground. And once you get to, once he gets you on the ground, it's kind of game over. It's kind of oh, tough for to sure. really defeat him. And yeah, as far as I'm concerned, in the welterweight division, the only real competition I always did think really for Usman would be. Kobe and then obviously yeah. um, the two fights happened and once he lost the second fight I realized okay like second fight he Kobe didn't perform as well I thought as the first one so yeah. and for Edwards yeah, to really come out sure. and take it and I think that third fight the trilogy if they're talking about having that in England so imagine that in England for a fight like that between the two of them that'd be 
That'd be really cool. Yeah, yeah that, that would be cool to see. But yeah, just wild finishes all year long, especially in those three title fights with Yuri, Edwards, Pareda, and then just some crazy fights this year too, all together. Yuri's, Yuri's unbelievable. He's a guy that he's got, he's kind of like, has like a little bit of a uh, Francis build. He's just got this unbelievable yeah. movement and he's got hands like the size of cinder blocks. When, when he connect, <laughs> when he connects with your jaw, your head, whatever you're going down, it's not like, you know, you get stunned a little bit. He hits you, you're going over. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, and to, for, as for Teixeira, Teixeira is a good fighter. Don't get me wrong, but in my opinion, I think he's just, he's old. He's kind of, Towards the end of the rope, a little bit, but for forty I though, I mean, he hits yeah, you pretty fucking. Oh yeah, hard. I'm not gonna say yeah. Look, <laughs> if you're asking me, would I want to take a hit from Glover to share? Absolutely not. But yeah. at the same time, you know, he's putting up, still putting up fights, and obviously, Jan was up there too with you know his shot at the, at the uh, light heavyweight. So yeah. as far as I'm concerned, I know Yuri's going to be out for a bit with the surgery, but yeah, that was a bummer. Yeah, I, I think when he gets healthy, I think it's going to be his division to take back when he gets uh, healthy again. It's wild to me that that they tried to clean up that division at the end of the year, and then it just it ended in a draw between those two guys. I can't even remember who they were, but I, it was Jan and somebody else, Ankalaev. That was the yeah, main event, and then it ended in a draw, and then they immediately set up Glover versus Jamal Hill next yeah. year, but mm-hmm. which is. That was that was a wild turn of events too. I felt bad for yeah. Anthony Smith because they just pulled the rug, the rug out from under him from that one. Yeah. But but yeah, yeah. Smith is a guy who's kind of been always kind of waiting in the wings, and it's not to say that he hasn't had a shot. He's definitely had a shot of competing for a title. But yeah, I think people, I think Dana knows what sells and what's going to really draw a big pay per view, and. It's not Anthony Smith. <laughs> it's not Anthony Smith. Like, look, he's a very talented fighter. He's got some extraordinary, you know, out of the octagon experiences. I remember, if you recall, I think someone had broken into his home a few years back, and he ended up like wrestling and beating the hell out of the intruder. I'm thinking, you gotta be out of your mind, you know, whether they're yeah. armed or unarmed, breaking into a UFC fighter's house. So, yeah, but, they probably didn't uh, know. And then they immediately regretted it. After. Likely, that is likely. So <laughs> that would be an unfor- well fortunate turn of events for Smith. Unfortunate for the robber, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, just to kind of touch on what I had mentioned, like you had said, like Anthony Smith is not going to really sell a pay per view. Like we discussed it last week. Like the pay per view price is now bumping up to seventy nine ninety nine. I remember when a pay per view was. Uh, fifty nine ninety nine, then sixty four, yeah. then it's you know slowly creeping up. Five dollars, it seems like not even once a year, but sometimes twice a year. It's just this took a jump. It jumped yeah. fifteen bucks. Yeah, it's... it was. In, well, I for those that don't know, I live in Canada. Alex is from the U.S. So, but for like, it's still the same prices for us. And instead of ESPN Plus, we have to use UFC Fight Pass or your cable provider. Yeah. Um, but it's the same price. But for it to jump from sixty four ninety nine to seventy nine ninety nine, yeah. Now you've completely eliminated me ever debating with myself. Ah, should I buy this pay per view? It's an immediate no. It's there's no be, longer debating it. It's too yeah. much money. It's too much money. And look, I'm going to say this, and you may agree or disagree, but whenever it came to a pay per view, depending upon the time of year that it was. 
because usually in the July they usually have big cards in the summer. Yeah, international fight week. August. Yeah, but even when it was like up for debate, whenever I saw it advertised during the week, and I said, "Okay, we got a card on the Saturday," I always ask friends, "Hey, do you want to get together? You know, whatever you want to watch, you know, stream." And then we were always kind of debating the card, and sometimes, obviously, based on the card, even what it was just showing. Now, sometimes, you know, what it showed on the card and what actually happened were two different things. And sometimes it could be a huge card and then you watch it and it's a complete dud. But yeah. nevertheless, for the cards that I've seen, for the price that you're charging me, I'm not biting. And especially going forward, like if, it's, if you're going to be charging me $80 for a pay-per-view right now, you got to be putting on something of epic proportions. Now, yeah. if in March, if it does come to fruition, which I'm about maybe 60, 40, 40% yes, 60% no for Francis and Jones, if that yeah. does happen, I'm going to pay the price to see that because – it's been a long time coming. But if you're telling me that, you know, we have a pay-per-view going for all due respect to Anthony Smith versus like an unranked leather, uh, another light heavyweight, yeah. I'm going to take a pass on that because it's not something that's intriguing me. It's not a product that I'm willing to pay for. Yeah. No, for so, sure. I totally agree. The, I, I think the only time I would ever debate it is if I was with a group of friends. If I was solo, no way I'm shelling. Solo $80 for that amount for an event that you're kind of on the fence for is yeah. kind of a lot. And Exactly. And I, it's for me, even, I'm a huge fan. But even then, like, even if there is a massive card like a Jones Francis, I still don't foresee me going out of my way and shelling out 80 bucks. If they had brought it down to like 39.99 or 49.99, something crazy, something like that, sell volume. You're going to sell way more volume yeah. to me than just individual pay-per-views. Yeah, I feel like they would make more money if they dropped the price down a little bit. They would, but I don't I know. I know they won't. They won't. Yeah, they're not going to. They never will. It'll never yeah, go down. It's never going to happen and Obviously, whenever McGregor fights, because he fights about maybe once a year, year and a half, whenever he steps into the octagon, people always shell out for that too. So, yeah. Do but, you think he comes back in 2023? I think he will. He's he's not going to come back as a lightweight. He's freaking gigantic right now. So, <laughs> yeah, he's, 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 it looks like he's been like eating his former lightweight self. So, yeah. I don't know. If anything, he's going to have to go to welterweight. He's way too big to do any lightweight or anything. Well, I remember after the Tony Ferguson fight, uh, Michael Chandler, uh, who's had a quite the year, but Michael yeah. Chandler himself, like he called out Conor McGregor, but he called him out at one sev- uh, at welterweight one seventy, yeah. which I thought was interesting. And then looking at it now, so that call out was like I think April or something like that. It was in April, yeah. And then now at the end of the year, there's you know Conor McGregor still huge, thinking about a comeback. I think that makes the most sense at one seventy. That would make the most sense against someone like him. Like, I wouldn't put him against – we'll see what happens between Leon and Usman, but I wouldn't put yeah. him against one of those guys. I think he would get absolutely – Oh, no. He would get absolutely I, rocked. And Connor doesn't yeah. deserve to be thrown into a title fight immediately no. as soon as he comes back. And, all, look, at the end of the day, like, I remember Oliveira even announced his name at one point, too. Like, these guys, they're, <laughs> they're throwing out his name because they want the payday. They know if – yeah. If you're fighting McGregor, McGregor makes about $30 million every time he steps into the octagon. His opponent's going to be making 
not exactly that much money, but it's going to definitely be making as more than if they're rather than fighting a no name. So, right. Yeah. But For we'll sure. see what he ends up deciding to do. He's, he's a guy who doesn't really need money really at this point. He's making so much of it off of his whiskey and all of his other endeavors, but yeah, your motivation day, is lacking. Yeah. Is he's still freaking huge. And so yeah. we'll see if there's yeah. way, if there's a way to make money, people will always do something. So, yeah, for sure. But that makes sense. Yeah. I want to talk about um, just another fight that happened recently in a lightweight. You had mentioned Michael Chandler. That Michael Chandler, uh, Dustin Poirier fight on a, I think that was a card in October. Um, yeah, that was UFC 281. Yeah, that was, that was an absolute brawl. That was, I, was, <laughs> I yeah, they just kept swinging like right from the beginning and then just never, never stopped. And like and those big takes. Those takedowns from Chandler weren't even technical. They just he just used brute strength against Dustin Poirier yeah. and just completely took him down. I like the not that I like it, but I just it made it more interesting. I guess the whole controversy after the fact where Poirier's calling him out, calling him a cheater, trying to fish hook him to try to get underneath the yeah. neck for the choke, and then hitting in the back of the head, which were clearly shots to the back of the head. And the refs like, hey, don't hit him in the back of the head. And then Chandler, it's. To me, if you took that image, you could use that as a meme where Dustin Poirier <laughs> is looking up at the ref like, and then Chandler's like, he's like, yeah, like what? Like, yeah. Bloody as hell. And he's like, I'm not hitting him in the back of the head. You're clearly hitting him in the back. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. But, I saw, I saw that too. And they showed like, you know, during the, like, the fight recap towards the end, after they, you know, they brought them both, both towards the middle of the octagon, they were yeah. showing the highlight of that. And, you did see like the fish hook at one point and then kind of going into the eye a little bit. It was, yeah, they showed the one replay at first when it didn't look like it because it was up here, but then they showed a second replay after the interviews were over where clearly he was here and it was like, okay, that's way more obvious there. Yeah. So there was a second replay, but clearly he tried to do something, but either way, it was a fucking awesome fight. It was a great fight. He, the only thing about that is, like, I know Chandler was not expecting to win, but he definitely came into it. I think ever since he kind of took on, he had that big, huge knockout again a few years back when he fought uh, Dan Hooker. And that was, I think that was actually on the McGregor card right before COVID in January of 2020. And, okay. ever, and ever since then, he's always been, you know, calling people out. Obviously, he lost to Oliveira, as pretty much every person did, except except uh, Islam, obviously. <laughs> Islam, but, yeah. Um, the thing with that fight is the way I always kind of look at a fight, if something's up in the air or if the fighter is like, you know, debating, Hey, you know, I had a shot. I always look at the face and, you know, Chandler looked like he took a couple two by fours to the face. <laughs> during that fight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, at least Michael Chandler had a big knockout earlier in the year against Tony Ferguson, with that yeah. front kick to the face where I loved, I loved Connor on Twitter after where he just called him a McNugget. Tony, because his face literally looked like a chicken nugget. He was all scrunched up. So, someone had edited his face next to a McDonald's chicken nugget. <laughs> the resemblance is uncanny. <laughs> Tony is um, Tony's on the he's on the back end. You know, it's oh yeah. I know why he's still fighting. You know, he's they always it. It kind of makes me think now. You know, it's been probably the, obviously they tried to put that fight between him and Khabib together how many times but oh, I know, yeah. it never came to fruition and it kind of makes me think like between the two of them would Tony actually be able to square up against them like obviously when that fight didn't happen in 2020 and he lost to Gaethje I'm thinking 
I don't know. Gaethje ended up losing to Khabib, so yeah. No, I don't. I don't. I think maybe one of the times before that, like when they first did it, it was a more interesting matchup. But the later it went, the more you knew that Khabib would probably win that. But and then Tony Ferguson had another fight later, or like later the in the same year against Nate Diaz in what yeah. I call one of the biggest shit shows that actually worked out uh, ever with UFC 279. Because that was the same card as uh, uh, who missed weight. It was uh, Hamza Jumaev. He was supposed to fight Nate in the main event. Yeah. He missed weight by eight pounds. There was six guys on that card that got shuffled around. There was Daniel Rodriguez, who was supposed to fight uh, Kevin Holland. And then there was Lee. I'm going to butcher his last name. Uh, Jing Lang. Don't know for sure. But he was yeah, supposed I, to fight Tony. I know, I know you're talking about. <laughs> and then they reshuffled that whole card, which I love the Nate Diaz versus Tony Ferguson fight way more just because you had two OGs just going up against each other, just fighting. Yeah. It sucks that Tony lost again. I mean, it's awesome that Nate won because that was the last fight on his contract. Nate Nate Diaz not no longer in the UFC. Curious what he does in 2023. But I'm assuming Nate Diaz will be back at some point. I, I see him coming back at some point. He's a guy who really only knows one thing that's really fighting and whatever he steps into an octagon, you could say whatever you want about Nate Diaz, man, but he's, he's a tough guy. He can really take a punch and though he opens up like, you know, like sheet paper or something. He's, (laughs) he's, he's a really, really tough guy. He can take a punch and he can also go with you too. Like those Connor fights, man, he could really, really last. He like, like he lasts deep in the fights. So, Oh yeah, I was very good endurance, and I would not be surprised if he makes a comeback by any means. I don't think next year, but I have like a weird prediction about Nate Diaz. So I was very surprised to see that the UFC had done 13 pay per views this year. I don't know why. I just I thought it would be less than that for some reason because of how many fight nights they had throughout the year. But since they packed in 13, we're getting closer to that UFC 300 number. Yeah, so it, it probably it's not going to be next year, but I feel like it might be 2024. I feel like Nate Diaz 2024 UFC 300 in a big fight, like come back, something crazy, something weird. Maybe the trilogy against McGregor. I don't know. I'm going way rogue here. I'm going not even next year, the year ahead like, of that. <laughs> but I I've been looking at the calendars and just the UFC number on the pay-per-view because I'm trying to predict what UFC 300 is going to be because they went wild for 200. 200. And yeah. So I feel like they're going to go even crazier for, for 300. And I think some of the staples for that pay-per-view will probably be like a Diaz, a McGregor, a Jones at heavyweight names like that. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you're going to see like a Lesnar comeback, but like, Something like that, like a big crazy name, like a few names, not even just one. But, but yeah, I'm getting ahead of myself. But I just want to throw that out. There. <laughs> no, no, totally, I could see it for sure. You know, Dana, Dana's a smart businessman. You know, though he charges a lot more money for the pay per views than I think yeah. <laughs> many people are willing to spend. He knows what sells, and he's not going to put something out there that he knows is going to be a bad product. That's why he did incorporate the Lesnar into the UFC. And you got to remember something too. Like if you just like look at what the UFC is not necessarily willing to tolerate, but what they're all about. It's about making money. Like John yeah. Jones 
if you put John Jones, if he was an NFL player, let's say he was like a strong safety, he would have been out of the league already for about maybe seven years ago. But <laughs> it, I'm serious. If you put, oh, I know, I, I believe you. Yeah. He's had, you know, a rap sheet, you know, longer than, you know, close to a mile. So over yeah. all that time, everything that he's done, Danny keeps bringing him back. They suspend him. They, you know, warn him, they find him, but they're going to keep bringing him back because they know that he's also, he's got that two way, that two way marketing, kind of like a, like a Mayweather. People love him, but people also hate him. They want to see him lose. So yeah. it's, yeah, it's John, kind of John Jones. Story. John Jones has like a sweet spot in Canadians hearts for some reason. He made evented like for three years in a row, like a UFC pay-per-view in Toronto. So I remember I was at the Jones versus uh, I was at two out of the three of them. I was at Jones versus Belfort and then Jones versus Gustafson, the first one. Oh, wow. You and, uh, right. Yeah. And then, uh, that was a, cause I was a brawl. <laughs> yeah. That was cause I was in air Canada center. That was in Toronto. Yeah. So I was, I was there and, uh, I didn't. I wasn't there for the Machida one, but for three years in a row, he main evented a big pay per view in Toronto. So I remember by the third one, people were just cheering Jones on like he was like a fellow Canadian. It's the same thing with Max Holloway. We have adopted Max Holloway as a fellow Canadian as well. Yeah, like it's because <laughs> he did the same thing as Jones. He main evented an Air Canada Center, well now Scotiabank Arena, but still yeah. always be ACC to me. Uh, but. Holloway made evented in in Toronto a few years in a row as well. So yeah. same same kind of deal. But yeah, yeah. He well, he's the, I believe he didn't grow up too far. He grew up in Rochester, I believe, Jones. So he's not too far from Canada. So no, no, for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's not like he's growing up in like Miami, Florida, and he comes up. But it's it's great that he's always he's adopted that, and you know he's he's a guy that sells pay per views, and I I am personally a fan of his. I'd like to see him. I do like Francis also, but I think Jones is a little bit more marketable. I think Francis yeah. maybe not – I don't want to say not necessarily being American. He speaks perfect English, but he's – as, which is kind of shocking is as big as Francis is as a person, he's very, very reserved. I've seen, I've seen yeah. him on interviews, and I swear to God, I've actually listened to one of the interviews, and I've actually fallen asleep because he has this really, really calm <laughs> like voice. And you wouldn't think like if you just listen, listen to this guy – and then you saw a picture of him, like, oh my god, that guy would like you know, rip my head off. But he's got, like, <laughs> he's kind of has like a Bob Ross kind of like voice to him a little bit. So it's, uh, yeah, um, it's soothing. Yeah. So, but but yeah, one fight I just wanted to talk about also was you had mentioned to me was the um, upcoming the Islam versus uh, Volkanovski. That's yeah, that's, that's gonna be that might be something I have to break out the wallet for the pay per view for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, especially that's in Perth. Anytime that they go overseas for a UFC event, it's always awesome. Like this year, they had the UFC uh, fight night in Paris with uh, Cyril Gaon versus Kai Tuavasa as the main event. Yeah. Which, by the way, that's in my top ten fights of the year for sure. I have like a whole list here, but yeah, that that made my top ten. Um, fantastic fight, and the crowd was insane, insane. So the yeah. fact that they're going back to Australia, the fact that you have an Australian in the main event. And he's moving up a weight class. And he had one of the most incredible years this past year when he put on an absolute world-beating performance against Chan Sung Jung, the Korean zombie, and then solidified himself even more in the division against a a very decisive and convincing win against Max Holloway. Yeah. Like, him versus Islam Makachev, to me, is the, at this point in time, 
the most the like the fight that I'm looking forward to the most for yeah. sure. That's gonna be great, especially since Islam is coming off the big victory over Oliveira. So yeah. you want to see, you know, both these guys what they're really capable of. And obviously we know what uh Volkanovsky did in the uh, featherweight division. So we want to see him obviously move up. That's what you know most fans really want to see with fighters yeah. who are you know pretty it, close to other divisions. So yeah, and not only that, like Islam beat Oliveira by submission. The guy that has the most sub- submission victories in the UFC. Yeah. Like that stat alone is insane. And Islam has just been dominating everybody. So these two going up against each other, to me, is like one of the best super fights that you could make. To me, this is like, I'm just going off the top of my head. This is like a GSP versus Anderson Silva type deal. Like their names aren't as big as those two names as when they were talking about those two going against each other. Yeah. But that's, this, that, this is even better because both of them are basically in their primes right now. Yeah. So this fight happening next year, oh, I can't wait. That's that's the one thing I think we always wanted as fans is to see these guys fight in their primes. Like if if a Diaz fights McGregor in UFC 200, that's going to be, you know, people will buy it, but it's also yeah. two guys, you know, significantly past their primes. It was kind of like a few years back when um, – Chuck Liddell and uh, Ortiz squared off again for like a third time. And Ortiz obviously won, but I'm thinking you guys are, you know, nearing collecting social security over here. And like, come on, it just gets to a point. So let's, um, let's go. I want to hear about what you have for the, uh, your top fights of the year. I know we probably touched on some of them, but I want to talk about, you know, what you have to say and yeah. Oh yeah. All right. So my first fight, I kind of went in order. So I went, I kind of went through everything. So I did all the UFC pay-per-views and then I did fight nights after that. So my top one, cause it happened first in March, Hamza Chimaev versus Gilbert Burns, UFC 273. That like what a, what a performance by both guys. Chimaev just had to, had to go. He, he I think he even said it in the post fight. He had to go somewhere he's never been before against Gilbert Burns because yeah. that's how, wild this fight turned out so I thought, I thought gilbert would fall pretty easily in that fight i was picking that was i think that was actually was that the co-main or the main event that was the that was the oh that man. was main event it wasn't it wasn't five rounds so it was uh it was three rounds so it was either the co-main or the one before the co-main Can't that's remember. unbelievable no because you know what i remember now the main event on that one was uh volkanovsky and korean zombie yes but, yeah, that that co that was that that co-main that stole the show, and Gilbert proved a lot of people wrong. Definitely went the distance against um, Kamaev. And one thing I always love is when two guys just completely brawl at the end of it. They just <laughs> shake a hand in short respect. Like, yeah, man, that happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was bad blood, like in between rounds too. Like even after in in between each round, like Hamza got in his face and like all this stuff. So yeah. it was all around entertaining fight. The crowd ate it up. It was awesome. It was fantastic. Yeah. He's got um, a personality. I'd like to see him in a ring again soon. Oh, for sure. I The fact that everyone's scared to fight him, I'm not surprised. No. Against Hamza. And then pretty sure Gilbert Burns is fighting already next year against Neil Magny, who's made a comeback this year. Neil Magny is not a name that I totally – he's a name I totally forgot, <laughs> to be <Really>? honest. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, then my next fight that I was uh, in my list was UFC 275. We've already talked about it. Yuri Prohaska versus Glover Teixeira for the UFC light heavyweight title where Yuri just pulls it out of the fire with 30 seconds left. Yeah. Wild, wild fight. And then uh, 
This is kind of a random one. UFC 276, Brian Barbarina versus Robbie Lawler. So Yeah, I remember watching a little bit of that too. And Robbie, obviously, he made his name against Nate Diaz. He's, uh, excuse me, Nick Diaz when he was, you know, back in the day when UFC was, you know, not necessarily making its bones, but still under the radar and the, you know, oh, yeah. that it, it gains now. But, it, yeah, I was – that was an interesting one. <laughs> it was it was a brawl. It ended in the yeah. second round, I think, and Brian Barmarina showed up. Like he really stood out. He took the victory on that one. It bummed me out to see Robbie go down like that because he won by TKO. But still, Brian Barmarina, big ups to him. He kind of fell short later in the year because he, he lost decision to RDA in one of the last events of the year. But either way, no no one's going to take that TKO away from you against Robbie Lawler. So yeah, exactly. And then uh, UFC 278, I totally forgot this happened. Paul Costa versus Luke Rockhold. I forgot about that one. Costa's, <laughs> yeah. a, guy, Costa's a guy who's kind of like um, he's kind of like a smaller version of like a Francis. He's just really, <sighs> really big. He's got a huge reach that people don't often realize. And that fight a few years back against him and Adesanya was a complete brawl. Uh, yeah. And just – I got to say, I'm kind of surprised that Costa even lost that one, but he's just a guy that I think is just unbelievably built. So it's yeah, yeah it's crazy with that one. He's Remind definitely me, what happened on that one too against him. And, so uh, that was the one where Rockhold just got gassed, like he got gassed yeah, from the yeah, first yeah. round, and he had that leg sleeve on. That makes no difference to the story, but just to kind of give you a picture, um, like Rockhold just got completely gassed, and like his nose got shattered and that was the one where in the final 30 seconds of the fight in the last round rockhold like rubbed his bloody nose all over paul costa's face when uh rockhold was in his guard yeah so that was a great and then rockhold retired right after that yeah he said he was too old for this shit which was pretty funny at the time (laughs) it comes to a point where obviously yeah you get to do it and everything and it happens with boxing too i remember you know, some years back when Mike Tyson was fighting in, you know, his later years. And it was kind of a sad interview, but they asked him in the ring. He said, like, I don't really have pleasure from this anymore. I'm just trying to pay my bills. Like, yeah. it, it gets to a point, especially when you have to go through training camps, all the making weight and everything, that also the, emo- the mental toll that it takes on your body, too. So it just – yeah. it gets to a point. I'm not surprised. He was a guy who has been – spent some time in the coming, but – See him go up against someone of the caliber of Paul uh, Costa, it's, you know, pretty wild. Yeah, he's had a long career. I feel like a lot of people forget about his strike four days, strike force yeah. days. Like he was the strike force middleweight champion, and I, I remember at one point they were talking about bringing him over and fighting Anderson Silva because those yeah. were the two best middleweights in the entire world. So, I mean, what a way to go out on that fight! Like even though he lost, wild performance, one of the best fights of the year in my opinion. Yeah, and sure. then the, ne- the next one, UFC 280, Sean O'Malley versus P- uh, Piotr Young. <laughs> that was a wild guy, man. O'Malley's a guy who can win you, beat you in a number of different ways. And I, I have to say, I heard Rogan talking about it on his podcast. Like, he's becoming the new um, kind of poster child for UFC. He's got a lot of personality. Yeah. Obviously, he's got this crazy wild hair. So, yeah. I thought Sean O'Malley had sugar. Sugar Sean O'Malley. Yeah. I, t- I totally thought that he was just a pretty boy making a lot of noise. Not by any means. And then I got completely proven wrong. It sucks because during International Fight Week, 
he had that fight against Pedro Munoz, and that went to a no decision because of the eye poke that happened, and Munoz couldn't see anything. So that was a bummer for Suga. And then he went up against Piotr Jan and then put an absolute performance up against against him. Split decision victory. A lot of people think Jan won. But because uh, I remember the first time I had watched it, I thought Suga won. And then the second time I watched it, I thought Jan won. So yeah. it was very like, it all depends on that first round. But what a fight from start to finish. Just a wild three-round fight. And... uh I'm I'm hoping Sugar gets a title shot, even though I know Henry Cejudo is kind of waiting in the wings at Bantamweight against Aljo. But uh, I hope they give Sean O'Malley um, like a big fight next year, either yeah. against the champ, which I hope that is th- is the case, or against Cheeto Vera or one of these other top Bantamweights. Bantamweight is a stacked division. It is pretty stacked. Yeah, it's – it's crazy because I remember Jan would just, you know, rule the, you know, the whole board for some time. And then yeah. obviously Sterling had that, he had that, Sterling had the weird victory over him when it was like that kind of like the, that, knee. Uh, the, the knee to the head. So there was that. And then obviously this past year when they squared off again, we saw what Sterling was capable of. And he yeah. took out uh, Jan, but with Cejudo coming back, he's, I don't know. He's nothing is out of shape or anything, but if he's older, time's gone by. So, I'm well, not he, gonna, yeah, he went out during his prime. So I feel like Cejudo is still going to be a dangerous contender at bantamweight. And then another guy that retired from bantamweight, TJ Dillashaw, after that uh, yeah. unfortunate fight against Aljo when his shoulder just kept popping out. Yeah, it's it was way past the prime of uh, TJ and. Obviously, he had those brawls with uh with Garbant, so it's yeah. it's it's been some time in the coming for him. But as far as I'm concerned, I don't really see many people really challenging Aljamain. And if someone really does go against him, I like to see maybe definitely him against O'Malley because O'Malley's got you know a lot of he's power. got good takedown defense too. Takedown too, and obviously Aljamain, you know, he's made his living and made his bones definitely on the uh, takedown. So yeah, taking you know put the two of them together, that could be pretty interesting for sure. Yeah. So my next one, we've already like talked about it at length. So we'll kind of skip the the next few UFC 281 employee versus Chandler. That's definitely one you have to go back to see. Yeah. UFC 281, same card. Izzy, Israel Adesanya versus Alex Padeda. Yeah. That was a, like, even with the finish, I, for some reason, I remember the first time I watched it, I thought it was kind of boring. But then going back and watching it the second time, it's not at all. I don't know what I was thinking. You're like, you're holding your breath the entire time. I even knew what the finish was. Yeah. And it was just a super intense fight where you know Padeda could end it at any point. And Izzy could also just kind of put on like a, a performance and just stop Padeda too. So like... It was just a crazy fight. And the way that it ended, too, with Pareda being the new champion, I'm excited to see that rematch next year. I'm assuming yeah. that's where they're going to go. Although middleweight is also starting to get pretty stacked, too. So, um, yeah. And then the next fight after that, that fight night. These are my fight night top fights from this year. Kevin Holland versus uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. December that, was actually, that, was actually it. that was actually in Orlando, that fight. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I remember I seen that advertised. I'm like, oh my god, that's right around the corner from us. So, yeah, it's that was a crazy one too. Wonder Boy's old. He's been around. You don't realize <laughs> like 
that fight he had against um, he fought uh, Yoel. Was it Yoel or Tyrone? I think it was Yoel. Um, back in 2016 when it was at 205 at the Garden, the first time UFC was at the Garden. That was Tyron Woodley because that was, that was for the Tyron title. Yeah, yeah, that was. It's been, it's been some time, but yeah, Wonder Boy's old. He's getting up there, but Holland's he's a Ho- absolute beast. <laughs> Holland's Holland is like the new Nate Diaz, where he's like your new favorite fighter. He's everyone's, yeah. he's every casual fan's favorite fighter, Kevin Holland, which is totally fine by me. Kev- I fucking love te- Kevin Holland, but um, his stock definitely went up this year. When he took the, the 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 fight short notice against Hamza Chimaev at UFC 279, and then he had this, then he had a win earlier this year where that that meme came up where he gives the thumbs up, even yeah, though he's yeah. in the choke, <laughs> and then he came back and won it in the second round, like within the first minute. I forget who that was even against, but and then he had that awesome awesome fight against Thompson. So broke his hand, but I'm excited to see what he does in 2023. Yeah, um, totally. But then the, my next one is Cyril Gon versus Tai Tuivasa, heavyweight main event in Paris. Crowd was bananas for the entire event, but especially this one when uh, when Cyril Gain stopped Tai Tuivasa late in the third round. Wild. And then my last one, which is the random one that I told you about earlier that I didn't tell you about, but I previewed it for you. Matt Schnell versus Suma Darji. Fight Night Ortega versus Rodriguez in July 16th of this year. Those, those two. That if you go right now and look up ESPN, it, it's in uh, it's one of DC's like top fights of the year. Yeah, and I remember that because DC was on commentary for this and absolutely losing his ever loving mind when he was commentating this. <laughs> this fight, which by the way, shout out John De Silva who who showed me this fight and was like, did you watch this this year? And I was like, no. And he showed it to me. It is one of the craziest fights you'll see all year. And it's like, it's two guys that I've never heard of before. I don't even remember what weight class this is, but just if you have, if you have time for sure, go back and watch that fight. It was, I'm, it out. I'm not, I'm not never opposed to watching a good fight. That Hannes, it was crazy. It's, it's not long, so it'll be short and sweet, but yeah, I think it, <laughs> I think uh, actually, you know what? I'm not going to say when the finish is because I don't want to ruin. So I'll check it out. I'll check it out as soon as we uh, wrap up. But not, last thing I just wanted to talk about. Um, so UFC always kind of has like different like. At the end of the day, it's essentially like a big film UFC, and they also have a big cast of characters. Obviously, McGregor was one for a while. Um, O'Malley's kind of making his way out, but the one person that I know you mentioned earlier is going to be Patty. And he's he's just a guy who I got to tell you when I first saw him, I didn't really think he was actually a fighter. I thought he was like a guy <laughs> that did kind of like an act, like a gimmick. They just put yeah. out for like marketing purposes. I never thought him like a real, you know, person. He's like fluctuate yeah. and weight like crazy. I don't know what his what his mo is and really really much about him. So why don't you give me a little preview? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I uh, I mean you know how I feel about Patty. As yeah. far as uh, I feel like his stock has gone way down uh, right from the beginning of the year to now because that performance at UFC 282, I, I haven't watched the fight, so I don't know, but I just, 
he'll do big things, but I don't I don't know how big. I just the whole thing with Ariel has kind of rubbed me the wrong way with Patty with his little stupid podcast that he did with yeah. uh, Dana and uh, just the whole way that they reacted towards Ariel and then Ariel with the comeback of the century an hour and 15 minute just rebuttal filled with receipts just shitting not even shitting on Patty actually he was very complimentary of Patty he was like I hope you do big things. I hope you make all the money in the world. But this is what actually happened and just killed him with kindness. Oh, beautiful. I like Pat, Pat, Patty's entertaining. Patty is sponsored by Barstool, of course. Yes. And so is Molly Meatball, which, by the way, shout out to Molly Meatball with that spinning back fist knockout earlier in the year. That was one of the best knockouts of the year. Um, but then, yeah, just Patty. What 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 weight class is Patty again? I don't even know. I don't even care anymore. Just because the way that he's going to weight. Well, through yeah. So yeah, uh, whatever he can do, good for him. But as far as me paying attention anymore, I just I don't know what it is. He just rubbed me the wrong way. Ariel will always be my bro. I don't know if it's a Canadian thing. It might be the Canadian thing. But either way, I think it's a gimmick for Patty. Like obviously, at the end of the day, he's making money and. You know, he's not like he's in bad shape. It's not like you're putting, you know, a sumo wrestler out there. But he's he's a guy who's in decent shape. But I can't take him seriously. He's just he, like a sideshow. He's yeah. He's, he's, he's just I don't know. He's almost kind of like a not on the same level as like a Jake Paul for UFC. Like he's yeah. not making the same amount of you know like I'm like you know he's not out there like challenging like Uzman or something like yeah. That. He's, he's, He's yeah. going to burn himself out, too, with this whole weight cut thing and him getting fat in between each fight. And it's like, all right, yeah, cool. You're gaining a lot of fans right now by doing that because you're relating to everybody who else who's, you know, who likes to eat, myself included. Myself but, included as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, like, I get that. But, yeah, I kind of agree with you. It's more of a, a sideshow thing than, like, it, you know what? He kind of reminds me of Sean O'Malley when before this year. Because that's how I viewed Sean O'Malley before this year. And then after his two fights with um, Munez and with uh, Piotr Young, that's when I started being like, okay, Sugar shows for real. Like, I respect Sugar. I'm yeah, a fan Sugar's got him. the whole wild hair. Someone's coming out with like an afro. He's got, you know, yeah. a rainbow thing going on there. But until you know Patty what? puts on a performance like that, yeah. I don't really care. Yeah, he's just making noise. And He's trying to keep himself relevant, which I get at the end of the day. It's a business. You're trying to make money any way you can. And when, yeah. you have, when you have pay-per-view involved and a lot of people paying attention to you, like I hate that I'm keep giving, you know, Jake Paul press, but he's going the Mayweather <laughs> he's going the Mayweather route too. You know, you're gonna either hate me or love me, and you're gonna pay either way. So yeah, it's, exactly. It's kind of the same thing. But yeah, we'll see what he ends up trying to do. As far as I'm concerned, kind of what you said, kind of piggybacking on the O'Malley comment. Until he actually shows up with like a legitimate performance and probably against a worthy title contender, someone who's yep. actually a ranked opponent who can actually do something, he's just another guy making noise. I think Dana's keeping around for. So yeah, for sure, he's but, he's just another puppet for Dana, which is fine. I don't really care. Yeah, Dana's make your Dana's, money off Patty if you want. Yeah. That's fine. But until Patty does something, then I don't really care about Patty the Batty. To be completely honest with you, I know. Yeah, it's just the end of the day. It's just someone trying to make a name for himself, which, you know, yeah. I get if it makes money, it makes sense. But if it's, 
if it's kind of getting in the way of, you know, what I'm really trying to enjoy, you're kind of watering down. Like, yeah. it's like this entire, like, live golf thing. Like, these guys want to be <laughs> yes. ranked. These guys want to be ranked, but they're only playing, you know, not four days of a tournament before. It's kind of like saying, oh, we deserve to be in a Super Bowl because we won every game after playing the first, you know, three quarters. If I'm a Colts fan, then I'd, I'm a Colts fan. I'd be, you know, more than happy about that. But I've had yeah. to deal with three of the worst losses of, you know, my <laughs> professional fan sports career over the past three weeks. So, yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah. And, well, and including their franchise. So that's another podcast. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I guess. Yeah, I guess. Uh, shout out to uh, one of the fights of the year that I totally forgot about until now UFC 275, because I realized I don't have any any ladies' fights in here. And there's been, there was a lot of really good, like, women's action from 2022. But the one for me was UFC 275. Young uh, Young Wei Lee knocking out Joanna Young Jacek spinning back fist. Yeah, that's it's just, it's just another testament that you know, obviously that that first fight that they went against in March of 2020, right before COVID really hit, yeah. probably was already it probably already hit already, but we didn't notice. But <laughs> in March of 2020, I have to say that was probably one of the best fights I've ever seen. The both of them walked out, looked like they, you know, knock on wood, looked like both they came out of a car accident. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, no, it, it was. Definitely, and I remember the main event was Adesanya and Yoel, and that was a you know a sleeper, but brutal. Yeah. yeah, I remember you know that fight four was an absolute you know hidden gem. So oh for sure, but yeah, yeah. that that fight for sure earlier this year, money, and then Yoana yeah. retiring right after too. A lot of retiring this year, but a lot of retiring yeah. this year. You know what these these people they realize you know they get to a point where you're not really performing anymore, and I don't think they really want to go down to like maybe a fight night or something else and. Yeah, and that's to another league, whether it be you know the one world or whatever the hell that is or <laughs> anything. So, yeah, you know, UFC is a conglomerate. They're the best ticket in town. They're going to bring in the most money. And these fighters, if they're realizing that they're not going to have a shot at, and they have to try to settle for less money elsewhere, instead of getting your your head caved in, they're going to look for something else to make money for. So, yeah, exactly, for sure. Yeah, but I'm very glad we did this today. We had a great conversation. A lot of great fights yeah. that we discussed and. Yeah, I can't wait for next year in store. I know definitely a quick preview for next year. I know we have possibly, if Jones doesn't, you know, screw up again out of the octagon, we have the uh, <laughs> Jones and uh, Francis fight potentially for March. Obviously, the Islam and Volkanovski in January. And usually that July card, I always have that pencil in as something pretty big. So maybe McGregor might show up for that. Yeah, I'm assuming – uh, yeah, I don't know who who that international fight week would be, but to me, so far, I'm most looking forward to 284, which is uh, Makachev versus Volkanovski for that lightweight title, and then interim featherweight title in the co-main event, Yair Rodriguez versus Josh Emmett. So that'll be that'll be another good one. Although I think it'll be good, but it won't be like crazy like the main event because I saw Yair Rodriguez beat. Brian Ortega, but that was because Brian Ortega's shoulder got popped out, and yeah. Ortega was winning that fight just because of his wrestling and because of his clinch work up against the cage, which is what Josh Emmett does, period. So, I feel like that'll be... It'll be one of those types of fights, but I think it'll be an interesting battle on the feet between those two, for sure. Yeah. We'll have to see. That's going to be a good one to check out. Yeah. Very good fights. Hopefully Dana doesn't raise the price anymore. And... Uh... <laughs> We'll have to see down the road, but yeah. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us today. We will be putting the show on soon, and yeah, thanks great. for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely, thanks so much, everybody. This is the Sports Source.